Hello, my name is Justin LeClue, and I'm here today with a very special guest. Mark Hansen. And it's because we're doing a special episode on Quack. the Mighty Ducks. Quack. Quack. <laughs> Quack. Come on, you're not going to join in? Didn't you just mainline these movies? I did, but let's see if we can build up to that first. Okay, okay, fair enough. I'm, I'm starting a little bit overly enthused. So when okay. I talked to Mark about topics that he wanted to do... I knew that he loved the Mighty Duck series. I do. I do. More than anything in film, potentially. I, I'm, I'm not even joking. I'm not. Are you someone who played hockey as a child? See, I did not, but... Wow. I know, but I was... And everybody says that, but I was a huge hockey fan. I watched hockey from a very young age. My dad was a huge hockey fan, a huge Leafs fan. So, you know, we grew up in the Toronto area. So you kind of like, if you're into hockey, you have to be a Leafs fan. And every Saturday night, we would sit down and watch Hockey Night in Canada, whatever teams were on. So like I was into hockey from a very young age. But I think the Mighty Ducks movie did coincide or at least spur on that love of hockey as well. And I think also the reason I loved it so much was because I didn't play hockey and it was mostly because of a uh, like time and money constraints that I never got. my parents never put me into hockey and the Mighty Ducks kind of showed a world where anybody could play hockey, you know? I had no training, but I always wanted to play hockey, but it would always seemed like out of reach, but this movie series definitely makes it apparent that Anybody can play hockey. It's great. When that's not actually true, you need a lot of money to play hockey because the equipment is very expensive. You do. You need a lot of money, a lot of access. But that is kind of a theme, at least in the first one, how hockey is kind of for rich people, right? And it is about a scrappy team of lower income players who don't ever really have a chance, but they're inspired to beat the rich people. In 1992, when The Mighty Ducks comes out, this is the golden age of kids sports movies there's so many that are coming out around this time it is and this was probably my favorite genre of movie as a kid i watched every single goddamn one of these sports kids sports movies that came out so it goes the mighty ducks angels in the outfield i assume well this was actually kind of the early like one of the first i think ladybugs might have come out before this or around the same time which terrible, is terrible that rodney dangerfield movie well, yeah. yeah i remember revisiting that recently and that one does not hold up at all but i think that beats it by a bit um, other than that the mighty ducks kind of kicked off that whole wave like angels in the outfield rookie of the year little big league little giants the big green all that stuff came after the mighty ducks and i think it came as a result of how popular the mighty ducks was at the time i was reading an interview with the screenwriter of the mighty ducks Stephen Brill, who's most famous yep. for uh, Genius. dragging Will on Twitter when Will insulted one of his Adam Sandler films. No way, really? <laughs> yes. I'm sure he's very nice. Will was making fun of how old Adam Sandler looked right. in that movie where he plays an agent, and Stephen Brill responded to his tweet, which he had not tagged Stephen Brill. I think he just <laughs> oh, mentioned man. the name of the movie. Wow. And he was like, set your color settings on your TV correct. Uh <laughs> And so he wrote the script inspired by The Bad News Bears, the ultimate kids TV movie. But for anybody who hasn't seen the original Bad News Bears, the whole premise of that film is that it's a bunch of losers who form a team under a drunken Walter Matthau and they lose at the end. But it doesn't matter because they still win. Exactly, exactly. And that did bring and kind of the big deal with that is how crass it was for a movie that had kids in it. And I think The Mighty Ducks, you can see that takes I mean, it is a Disney movie, so it doesn't get too out of control. But there is 
a grittiness and a bit of a crassness, at least in the first one with how the kids are. When Stephen Brill wrote the script on spec, he said that it was a little bit darker. Yeah. But when he sold it to the producer who ended up making it, that they kind of sanded off all the edges and are like, listen, you're making a Disney film here. There is absolutely no way it can be reflective of something like the Bad News Bears, which we should point out was a big hit when it came out and led to multiple sequels. It went to Japan. But, you know, the 90s were a different time than the 70s, I guess. And let's not forget... The end of history. Nothing to worry about anymore. Uh, and the Mighty Ducks was, let's not forget, short, shameless corporate synergy from Disney because it was started up in conjunction with an actual NHL hockey team, the Anaheim Mighty oh, Ducks. that's right. So the movie and the team kind of went hand in hand together. So it wasn't just a movie. It was definitely kind of a launching pad for a new hockey team as well. So it was a big franchised opportunity right from the start. Didn't it take a little while for them to get the correct logo? Because in the first one, they have the green and purple and yellow colors. So that's the interesting thing. Yeah, in the movie, obviously, at first, yeah, they have this great old school sort of like homemade duck jersey, uh, which is my personal favorite. The actual hockey team, the Anaheim Mighty Ducks, never had that logo. They had the more commonly seen like duck goalie mask with the hockey sticks through it, which is great. I love that logo, which reading about it it was inspired by Friday the 13th. They just wanted that goalie logo, but like looking frightening. And then, you know, you take that a step farther when they had the Mighty Ducks animated show where you've got a bunch of ducks that all look like that. That's very, that show's so weird. That's very bizarre. (laughs) (laughs) Different, different kind of take on it. But yeah, that was the logo that was basically created for the hockey team but you're right they don't actually show that logo in the movie until d2 the mighty ducks and the story behind that is so funny it was just that michael eisner wanted a hockey team because his son breck eisner the guy who would go on to direct um the crazies remake Sahara, yes, Sahara. Like that guy. <laughs> right right yeah yeah you're right i uh, was playing hockey you know that's what that's what rich people do you know my son wants a hockey team sure why not and like they picked anaheim for no real particular reason it's like this is a place we could do it okay. actually yeah, i'm looking now and the anaheim mighty ducks team was founded the year after the movie so i guess maybe that's why i think the logo in the first movie they probably thought was a little amateurish for like a professional sports team so they probably came up with something new at that point so the mighty ducks movie it's about everyone's favorite emilio estevez getting together a bunch emilio, of kids where was emilio estevez in his career when the mighty ducks came out so he's getting off the brat pack emilio estevez is famously known to have said that the mighty ducks was the the movie that killed his like serious acting career which i've always taken i mean he's obviously come around to that nowadays Easy there, emilio <laughs> because his career as sort of a dramatic actor faded fast after the first mighty ducks came out uh let's look at what he had done right before the mighty ducks free jack men at work young guns 2 never on a tuesday as an uncredited cameo there's nothing there i think he was trying to make a go of it as a director though at that time right like he directed men at work and wisdom from before so i think he was trying to go in a more serious realm and then i you know the mighty dex was probably a very healthy paycheck and I think he didn't realize that it was going to blow up as big as it did and that a whole generation of people would see him as nothing but Gordon Bombay, which is how I saw him for years. His role as Gordon Bombay is not an overtly comedic one. Like, it's not like it would kill his dramatic opportunities. Not at all. Although I do think he is very, very funny, especially in the first one when he's playing an absolute dick for the first, like, at least for the first half of it. Because the film starts, he's a bad lawyer 
and he is drunk driving, is stopped by the cops, and the judge who has a bone to pick with him is like, oh, well, you got to do community service by uh, being the coach of a uh, hockey team. But you're forgetting it starts off with a very dramatic opening flashback to when Gordon Bombay, who was a like a child prodigy of hockey when he was uh, when he was younger. I think at one point they say he scored 198 goals in a single season, which is like unbelievable that that never happens. Uh, yeah, he used to play for the, uh, the the Hawks, which were kind of like the villainous team. And you see him like there's a flashback where he has to like score a uh, penalty shot to win the game. And he hits the he hits the crossbar and it's like so dramatic. He falls down. The lighting's ridiculous. So after that. He swears off hockey forever, becomes an asshole lawyer, and he's really, you know, he doesn't want to go back and try and coach a team. He just doesn't want to deal with hockey anymore at all. It's so funny to me watching this movie that, like, so much is made of this, like, one loss that he had as, like, a, like, literal child. Oh, I know. It's like, who cares? Nobody remembers. One of my favorite scenes in the first one is when he goes to the first game with this team that he has to coach and it's against his old team the Hawks which is coached by the same coach that he was coached by so like this coach has to be like 80 years old right he looks the same and that actor is great in this but the first thing he says they're like looking at the banners like the winning banners and you see the one where they came second place because he missed that shot and he just looks at it and goes to Bombay he's like ah god I wish they'd take that one down and he just (laughs) He lords it over him too, and it's like this guy scored so many goals as a kid, and he you effectively ended his career because he missed one penalty shot. It's insane to me. Insane. Yeah, the coach is like, "You gotta make this shot, or you're letting me and the whole team down." Yeah, that's his whole ethos, and that's the whole like villainous Hawks team ethos is like win, 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 like win at all costs, and that's why Gordon Bombay is like an asshole lawyer who has to win at all costs so the the villainous coach in the first one and really all the villainous coaches are great they really amp up the the sliminess of that kind of role even though it's all dealing with kids they're just kids playing hockey i mean the villainous coach lane smith made a career of being like the evil guy in 80s movies he's a mayor in red dawn he's also in son-in-law oh yeah of course i forgot about that i bet you he wasn't going around going oh the money ducks ruined my career he was probably like oh yeah it did good for me (laughs) yeah because he's great at it uh yeah he's got another great line to bombay at one point where he's like you're not even a has-been you're never was <laughs> because of you he's got this whole repertoire of like evil lines to say to him. i love the perfect. line at the end bombay is like i don't know why i spent so much time <laughs> uh, worrying about what you thought of me he's great so yeah it really is that sort of like scrappy young kids who like just want to have fun and that's the big thing right about the whole mighty duck series is it's not about winning it's about having but fun but they still win but though. they still win which is great because you're right a lot of sports movies at that time they didn't always need to win at the end like the bad news bears it was always about well it doesn't matter as long as they come together as a team and they have fun but with the mighty ducks they have that vision but they also always win which for me as a kid was great because i always wanted to see them win at the end but then wouldn't you feel bad if you didn't win i guess you didn't play hockey so it didn't really matter but i didn't play so i didn't care <laughs> and i liked that they always win the, the great thing about the mighty ducks is they really are i mean they've clearly got some players that have some talent and grow throughout the years but they're clearly like a gimmick team they only really win through gimmicks like through plays that don't actually would never work in like professional hockey or Whoa, anything. are you trying to tell me the flying v i mean the flying v i loved as a kid but i don't think i think there's a reason you've never seen that used in any professional isn't it like icing because they're 
ahead of the puck in some of the instances. Can, it's offside, potentially, is what it could be, unless you do it really well. But I, I, it's like, I remember growing up and thinking at first, like, oh, this is a great move. Why don't I ever see any professional hockey team use this? <laughs> Why isn't anybody using a knuckle puck at any time? I know. <laughs> Why isn't anybody pretending to be the goalie and then, you know, switching <laughs> yeah. out? That's right. Which, again, is not something that is legal at all in hockey. So it's all tricks. It's all ba- There's one time they have like a figure skater on their team in the first one. And in one move, she basically like twirls around and distracts everybody on the other team while they just like score in the empty net. It's it's hilarious. It's great. Nothing stuff. in the rule book that says you can't do no, that. That's fine. Mark. That's fine. I think the only thing that might be against the rule book is the goalie switch thing, which is in D2, which <laughs> I don't understand how that's legal at all to pretend to be a different player and put on a different jersey and then like swap it out I, so marathoning all three movies i was very surprised recently and i had no memory of this that the kids stay throughout i thought there would be new kids every movie i mean they drop a few in the second one and they add some new ones because the second get out of here jesse small i was going through the castles again i always forget he's one of the kids in the first one but uh the second one makes the hilarious decision because basically in the first one it's just like peewee hockey in minnesota in the second one they're considered so good. It's such a success story on a national level that they're all chosen to be the U.S. representative for like the Goodwill Games, I think it is, which is hilarious to me that they would just pick one team of players who really aren't that great. But then they do add a few like hot shots from like around the country, basically. Well, they add a gimmick guys like the Cowboys. They, they add gimmick guys. They had a Cowboy guy from another Texas. Another figure skater. They a woman another goalie. Figure skater. But we won't use her until the last minute. Yeah. Julie the cat yeah who basically never gets a shot to play until the end when she makes the great save they get one guy who can't stop he's a great skater and he's speedy but he can't stop on his skates which to me means you probably shouldn't be playing on a national level but I mean it's fine it's fine uh so who is your favorite kid or kids in all of these I'm sure you had some favorites I mean it can't be boring old Joshua Jackson right as Charlie the main no guy. I mean I think I maybe identified with Charlie Conway the most just because you know he's the center of it yeah you're like I wish I could get my coach to fuck my mom oh yeah we haven't even talked about the greasy subplot of emilio trying to like get it on with uh with Jer- charlie's mom in the first charlie one. really wants it to happen like he is pushing it so hard he really wants it, them to have sex yeah <laughs> so yeah i liked him i thought averman was really funny i'm a big averman fan i mean goldberg always the whole like goldberg yeah did you fart again goldberg i'm a big guy in a 90s movie that's what i have to do i liked uh guy germain a lot for some reason uh he's the guy who oh has... he's barely got anything to do though i know i just loved his line in the second one where he's about to like kiss uh connie and then they all like show up and he's like i was this close <laughs> you and your friends used to yell that at each other on the playground high five yeah, exactly right? each yeah. other the snowbanks. i did i did um also big fan of the bash brothers uh well particularly fulton reed from the first one and then uh dean who shows up in the second one and they're just like huge goons i didn't even mention that like this was one of the first big mainstream hockey movies that was not slap shot yeah i think you're right yeah i don't i mean there was like what young blood in the 80s the the cutting edge kind of had like it was a mix of figure skating and hockey of course there's canadian classic face off too from the 70s if um if nobody's seen that you should get on that right away face off not good it's fun though i i, I have a soft spot for it you know got actual leaf players in it <laughs> does it? it does yeah it was filmed at leaf games and everything and he art hindle actually plays at um 
like with the team. But it's also like a 70s Canadian film, so it's such a bummer. It is, <laughs> like, yeah. It's yeah. it's boring and kind of a bummer, yeah. <laughs> and so The Mighty Ducks, number one, as a movie, it's pretty tame compared to what you would expect for like an early 90s Disney film. But that's because it's setting down the tracks while the second one goes full goofball. Everybody gets a moment. They ditch director Stephen Herrick. Oh, yeah. Who uh, did the first Bill and Ted. He did Critters. He did Mr. Holland's Opus. Yep. The Three Musketeer movie nobody likes from the 90s. Oh, yeah. No, he had a solid career, but they definitely went in a different, more anonymous direction with the directors after that. I mean, D2 has Sam Wiseman, who's most famous for doing George of the Jungle. Who could forget that? Ooh, great film. Great film. A very late period Adam Sandler produced film. Dickie Roberts, former child star. <laughs> and after that, he said, no more movies. I've said everything I need to say. Yeah, I mean, by the time D2 came around, I mean, it was obviously a huge hit. The team was underway. So this was like a bigger, more expensive production. And they do lean into the ridiculousness of it. One of my favorite things about uh, D2 is because they all the, the games take place in L.A. And they eventually, you know, get some help from like the streetwise youths who are just like who play ball hockey and teach them a thing or two about how to play street classic golf. Rocky three. That group is led by Mr. Eternal SNL cast member Keenan Thompson. Yeah, they have too much dirt on him. That's why he can't leave. And he becomes a part of the team and he's known for the knuckle puck, the famed knuckle. Puck. I thought he was just going to teach it to someone and then they would use it. But now nah, he just joins the team. That's the thing I loved about the Mighty Ducks. It's just like anybody could join the team at any point, you know, and they could swap out somebody to play this role or whatever and it didn't matter you know it didn't matter it was about the, the team spirit i was disturbed by joshua jackson's obsession with being uh called the mighty ducks and wearing mighty ducks jerseys in the second one because it's yeah, like what yeah, yeah. we're just wearing the jerseys of the guy that paid for all of this how dare we i know i love that there's like he adopts this whole like anti-corporate kind of attitude even though it's like within this massive disney production uh, yeah, you know, he even carries that into the third one, too. He's just like, you gotta wear that Ducks jersey. And I love how they pull it out at the end, just to like, no. And they don't even point out that the Ducks jersey was also paid by a rich guy, Mr. Ducksworth. That's why they're called the Ducks. Exactly, and that's why they're called the Ducks, right? It all is based on, like, it has its roots in capitalism. So, I mean, take that for what it's worth. So, you know, I would almost agree that I enjoyed the second one more than the first. Do you have a favorite, Mark? To me, I'm gonna be completely honest with you. I usually, watch, when I watch these movies, I watch them all together as like as like one long movie so it's it's really hard for me to choose a favorite because i do think they all have their individual merits i probably would say i'm i maybe like the first one the best by a hair just because i like the the slightly more gritty aspect to it i like how much of a dick emilio is at the beginning it just perfectly encapsulates everything i love about the mighty ducks d2 i do find maybe the funniest though of all of them because it's so ridiculous and i do love when emilio does become a dick again and gets caught up in like being like a celebrity coach and he's like having all these la parties and everything a and classic rocky three exactly right and he's like schmoozing with wayne gretzky and stuff well the thing about emilio becoming a dick yeah. is they're like how dare you try to make money it's about I the know, team. Right? and emilio should be like i don't have a job yeah because <laughs> like 
I don't have an income. This is all I have. He tries to go back to playing hockey professionally after the first one. And then in the beginning of the second one, he's like, you know, tearing up the minor leagues and everything. He's going to start playing in the NHL. He's going to be like the oldest player to start playing in the NHL. And then he gets like demolished on the boards and like ruins his knee and it ends his career. So he's got kind of a chip on his shoulder going into D2. But thankfully they go and they take on evil Iceland. Iceland. The Icelandic. And I love the choice to make Iceland the evil team because A, there's not really an Iceland hockey team. <laughs> like they don't like, I mean, they probably have hockey, but they don't like compete. You never see them really at the Olympics competing or anything. They only pick them because it sounds like Russia and it has ice in the title. So they must be good at hockey. Right? And I love the, like their team captain Gunnar Stahl is so, so funny. And I love their coach. If you thought Lane Smith was villainous in the first one, the Iceland coach, woo. Ooh, he the is dentist. A, a Wolf the Dentist Stansler, I think is his name. Or Stanson. It's because he used to take people's teeth out in the one year of pro hockey that he played. Yeah, they go full like horror movie villain with him, which is real great. I mean, they also have like what a team from Trinidad and Tobago playing here too in this in this tournament. So. Yeah, they kind of make him a joke too that they score one goal in uh... I mean a big thing I did like about the Mighty Ducks movies is the diversity on display in terms of the fact that anybody could play hockey, whether you were All the white kids are the stars. <laughs> no, I fully, fully agree with it. And there are some, like, very un-PC things. Like, the fact that they called the one line the Oreo line in the first one, you know, is, like, <sighs> doesn't. Yeah, really. But I do like the attempt to show that anyone can play hockey regardless of gender or race, which it is simplistic in these movies for sure and doesn't always get it right. But I think that is a good sentiment to have because professional sports is largely like male, white males, especially in hockey. It's white male, right? It's odd that there isn't more women that play hockey. Well, there are, but it's just like it's like a lot of sports where it's just like it's a women's league and they don't get anywhere any kind of attention compared to like the male leagues because sports is just... Sexist like oh, that. I guess because they're like, oh, it's a full contact sport, so women can't play either because they go easier on them or something like that. But I liked that in these movies, it didn't matter, right? Like, they were going hard. It really didn't factor in at all. There's never, like, a conversation about, oh, you know, be careful out there or anything. Like, it's not like that. They just all want to play, and they all play. So, I should give my background as well, which is that I live somewhere where they made an ice rink behind my house because we lived on the river in the small French town where I grew up, and I didn't know how to skate, so I didn't skate on that ice rink. <laughs> I didn't skate. I didn't play hockey. And I think like Mark, it was absolutely a money and time thing that I would be dropped off at a babysitter at like six in the morning, be picked up at 6 p.m. at night. There was just no time for me to go to hockey games. And I probably showed no interest in it either when I was really young. And when my mom finally did get me into soccer, I hated it. There was only two teams and I was on the losing team that lost every time. Oh, no. (laughs) Yeah, no, I I did get into soccer. That was kind of my consolation prize that my parents kind of put on me if when I didn't do hockey. But yeah, I really wanted to play hockey. But you're right. It's just like a commitment. Like all the practices were like at six or seven in the morning. And my parents just did not want to take me to those. But did you enjoy (laughs) playing soccer? The team spirit? Did you feel like the Muddy Ducks, but, you know, on the grass? Yeah, I mean, I had a lot of fun playing soccer as a kid. I played soccer right up until, like, right through high school and everything. I played on the school teams. Like, that I really had a love for, as well as basketball. I played uh, soccer and basketball growing up. But basketball, I wasn't as good as, so I did But you're like, I just want to be on that ice, feeling that Ducks feeling. You know, I just loved hockey. I think from just watching it from such a young age age i just loved 
I, I guess I loved a sport that to me it was kind of a weird sport. I think when I was a kid because it's like it's on ice and they're like skating around. But it also and, like, felt nationalistic. Like you're like it's Canadian, right? Because it's cold. Yeah, right. There is that sense of pride to it. So I I don't know. It just basically as young as I can remember, I've been obsessed with hockey, both in reality and hockey in movies. And I think it just came from you know growing up with a dad who really was into it. Oh, I should point out my dad was not that into hockey when I was growing up either. So yeah, like, that's the thing. I don't know. If my, if my dad wasn't that into hockey, maybe I wouldn't be either, but it was just always on. It was just a constant fixture in our household. And so we didn't even talk about the last one, D3, which I got to say, I was yeah. disgusted at the lack of Emilio in this movie. This was the point where Emilio was saying that he didn't really want to be involved anymore and the the franchise had kind of, you know, killed. They still put him on the poster, though. Well, he was contracted to be in it. That's the thing. So Right, they signed him to a three-picture deal. They worked out a deal, yeah, where he basically shows up at the beginning, tells uh, Joshua Jackson, like, you know, I got a job to work with, like, Hockey US or something, so I can't coach you guys anymore. To which, you know, Joshua Jackson freaks out about it. They all get sent to a private... Well, don't get sent, but they all get scholarships to, like, a bougie private school because they're so good. And then the whole drama becomes basically them adapting to a new coach who is like a real hard like taskmaster kind of guy who is revealed later to have you know a sensitive heart underneath it all but you know he's tough at first and him and Joshua Jackson butt heads throughout the whole thing while they basically gear up to play the varsity team who is like the villainous you know they're all the rich kids who aren't here on scholarships or anything too much time spent with the kids doing pranks in uh, Muddy Ducks 3 lots of pranks but you know that's kind of a constant through all of them D2 has a lot of great pranks in it the prank thing is is huge because you know they're pranksters on the ice so they got to be pranksters off the ice too but you're right there is like a good 20 minute segment where they just prank each other I, it seems pretty terrible that they're like have like i guess freezing agent and they freeze all of their personal belongings <laughs> oh i know right yeah or where they they put like ants all in the the guy's room or whatever like it's pretty rough stuff and it also has you know it just has some great sequences in it that i like and you know it's got some dramatic games you know, they're all like cocky, basically the Ducks going into this scholarship and one of their first games, they're just like grandstanding and they're up like, I think 11 to one or something against this team. And this team comes back and wins. So this is the question I had. Do hockey games ever go no, up to never. 11 I mean, or like 16? Wouldn't you call like um, a forfeit at that point? Well, I mean, professional hockey games certainly don't go that high. I don't know if they do in like younger leagues, but I, I don't know. Yeah, once you're up like 11. Usually one, the other coach would be, all right, this is it. We forfeit because you don't want to force your players to continue. Exactly. Playing. But they shouldn't have because they come back and win anyway. So, so your lesson there is. Uh, don't hot dog because you'll lose yeah exactly but i will say playing like soccer when i was a kid i was in some pretty lopsided contests and they never called it so maybe they just let it go unless unless the coach is like all right no that's enough that's enough the mighty ducks deserve to be taken down a peg they thought they were hot shit you know what it's kind of the same plot in every single one where they do think they're i mean the first one's a little different but in the second or the third one they do think they're like hot shit at the beginning and then they have to like lose a game really embarrassingly before they kind of realize what's, you know, rediscover their love of the game and love of Now, fun. I was surprised there was only three Muddy Ducks films. Do you know how they did box office-wise? Was it, like, big on the first and then, like, a slow decline on the two and three? I think it was a slow decline, I'm sure. I think, obviously, the first one was big. I think the second was one was still pretty big. I mean, they released them really quickly, like, within the span of a few years. They were just churning them out. 
I think D3 probably because of the lack of Emilio, it was kind of... It was all Emilio-centered. Yeah, right. Well, I think people who saw it were like, oh, where's Emilio? They, you can kind of get the sense that the series is coming to a close. Also because they're kind of like... In, they're older now you know it's like how much longer can you go just make a new team like d4 like a new generation that's all you need to do oh, i think they were bandying that around for a while i remember there were rumors of bringing it back in some form with some of the cast like with a tv show or another movie and it just never happened so and i think maybe a large part of it had to do with emilio leaving and he was kind of the star draw at that point and maybe they thought they couldn't do it without him but when you're kids like you just want to see kids play hot exactly you don't need emilio every time just get like a new funky coach the coach in the third one kind of boring yeah but you know i was still into it as a kid like i remember going to see d3 was like an event and my dad actually tricked my brother and i when he was like oh we're just gonna go he to was the like, dentist oh just come get groceries with me we just got to go to the grocery store and i'm like i don't want to go get groceries get, get out of here let me play my game boy he basically was like no no we're all gonna go get groceries and then we actually we drove to the theater i'm like wait wait a second, what, what are we doing here? And it's and we went to see D3. Were you not aware that Mighty Ducks 3 was coming I out? I was, I was, but I think we had planned to see it like later because things were just really busy. So it was definitely a surprise. It was like one of the best moments of my childhood. Really. <laughs> You're like, yeah. And of course you loved the movie, right? You were a child. Oh, and I loved it. Oh, I had a great time with it. My brother and I both loved it. I remember it coming on VHS after renting it again, watching it on TV a bunch of times. I think I've probably seen these movies more than any other movie other than maybe like Dumb and Dumber or something. Oh, well, Dumb and Dumber, you know. so good as well. Oh, yeah, I mean, classic. But... So did you have any brand loyalty with the Mighty Ducks as a real-life hockey team, like the Anaheim Mighty Ducks? I, I did like them, but I honestly, they weren't one of my favorite teams. I kind of preferred, um, in terms of like California teams, the San Jose Sharks. I mean, because it has a shark logo. <laughs> I was big into logos, yeah. That's the only cards I collected with San Jose Sharks. But when the Anaheim Mighty Ducks won, they won the Stanley Cup in like the early 2000s, and I was fully on their side. I was rooting for them all the way because they had a really great team that year. So yeah, I was big into them then. You're like, get out of here here maple leafs you suck well, yeah well they actually played in the final against ottawa i don't know if you remember or know anything about Ooh, that that's Ed. a tough decision for me i have vague memories of it i'm a real like uh go eyes the toe and i won't watch the games either oh yeah no that's fair that's fair but yeah no i didn't have much brand because i mean i was a hardcore leaf fan my teams were the leafs mm -hmm. the colorado avalanche i was big into why the colorado avalanche because they used to be the quebec nordiques and i was a big fan of them then and they also had joe sackick who was one one of my favorite players and that's actually where matt sundin came from before playing for the league you're saying names as if i know who they are <laughs> they had a lot of my favorite players and then when they went to colorado they also had patrick waugh who was one of my favorite goalies and they won the stanley cup like their first season when they moved to colorado and i was just like so into it and they were just the best i just loved them um, so yeah, the Ducks as a team, because the Ducks were pretty bad at first, like a lot of expansion teams, they're kind of, because they all just get like the crappiest players from all the other teams to start off. So they weren't very good for the first like several years. So it wasn't until they kind of were making like Stanley Cup runs or actually until Paul Correa joined their team, who was a star and he is actually in D3, the Mighty Ducks. I don't know if that name means anything to you or if you remember. No, nothing. I know that there was a hockey player in Mighty Ducks 3. I didn't know who well, it was. Well, there's a bit, that's a big thing I love about the Mighty Ducks movies is the amount of actual hockey players well, I was going to say, I mean, there's one that obviously I recognize in the second one. Wayne Gretzky, right? Wayne Gretzky! <laughs> well, there are a lot more throughout it that obviously 
obviously, yeah, if you don't watch hockey, you probably wouldn't know. Well, in the first one, when they go to play at the Minnesota North Stars uh, arena, basically, they talk to Mike Medano and somebody else, Dale, somebody, and they're basically talking to Estevez and being like, oh, Gordon Bombay, I've heard of you. You used to, you used to tear it up in Pee Wee or something. I love that the uh, Mighty Ducks kids are recognized in LA. They're like, that's the Mighty Ducks. Yeah, I love how they become celebrities from just being like, from winning like what, a Pee Wee game <laughs> yeah. in, in Minnesota? In Minnesota. like It I, made the front page multiple times of the number one hockey newspaper in America. Oh yeah, I love that. The hockey news. Yeah, I can't believe they're on the hockey news the whole time. Like that's a legit publication. Oh too. wow. Mark's like, I still have my subscription. I did actually. I had a subscription when I was a kid. But yeah, not for years. You're not like, when years. is the Mighty Ducks going to be on the front page? Yeah, come on now. <laughs> and so did you watch the animated series where they were mutant hero ducks who played hockey and also solved crime? I did. So yeah, the animated series, a bizarre turn of events for this franchise. Yeah, they basically come up with this sci-fi premise. I did watch it. I wasn't as obsessed with it, though, as the movies. I, I watched it when it was on, but it's something that I never really think about that much or ever revisit. I know it's like all on Disney Plus plus now and i've been like trying i've been thinking about going back and revisiting it but it just never happens i don't know i did you watch it do you have much of a memory i must have watched it like religiously yeah and i have no memory of it i'm like looking at images of it and i'm like it looks so weird it's like they're ducks they also wear like helmets when they fight crime it just changes it's not really about hockey much at all so i don't know i just don't think it appealed to me in the same way at that time, even though I did watch much of it. Biggest association I make with that animated show, as well as the Mighty Duck series, was my beloved uh, Disney Adventure, the magazine for kids. Right, Which right. they were over all the covers. Like, there's a cover of, like, Emilio Estevez, like, on the ice. It's like, the Mighty Ducks are back, quack. And he's like, eh, just kind of, like, shrugging. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, yeah, that was kind of his pose on the covers of the on the posters. And there was movies. also one with the animated Mighty Duck guy that says, "Mighty Ducks new animated series, the real hockey team, incredible prizes." <laughs> and I read those probably till they were like falling apart because it's like all I had like a couple issues of Disney Adventure. Well, they really tried to make that show happen. I remember like action figures everywhere, and like it was they were really trying to make that a thing, but it just never, never happened. But the Mighty Ducks recently came back, Mark, and I knew you did your quack quack due diligence. I did. They find look. I'm certainly not one for reboots in any sort of form. I, I hate that. But you know when they announced that a Mighty Duck show was coming back and it was going to have Emilio Estevez. How could I resist? How could I resist? And so what does it call? It's like Mighty Ducks, a new generation. It's called the Mighty Ducks Game Changers. And the plot behind this, it's actually not a bad setup, I have to admit. So it takes place where, so now in Minnesota, the Ducks have basically become the new version of the Hawks from the first one. Oh, I like that. That's a good term. Yeah. So now they're like a rich team where it's basically like if you are on the Ducks, that's like the next step to like playing in college and then the pros. But you have to like it's all rich kids again and everything and it follows one kid who's kind of like the new charlie conway type guy who who's really passionate but he like just gets cut from the team and his mom's also lauren graham and she's like single mom harried single mom and you know he's not at the same level of like income as his teammates basically he gets cut 
the coach of the team is very much like the coaches, kind of like the coach of Iceland. Or actually, he kind of looks like Gunnar Stahl. So it's almost like a weird, it's like almost as if Gunnar Stahl became the coach of the new Ducks. So basically, he and his mom, they go to create a new team for all basically the rejects. And it's just like the Ducks from the first one, where it's just anybody who wants to play or just have some fun is allowed to play. They're called the Don't Bothers because the coach basically tells the lead kid at the beginning, like, don't bother playing hockey anymore. Like every reboot sequel, uh, the the returning character Emilio Estevez is washed up and he doesn't do this anymore so how does Emilio factor into this so basically they need a rink to play at so the only thing they can find is this ramshackle place called the Ice Palace uh, and guess who's managing the Ice Palace Emilio and he's like I don't do this anymore yeah so he's the kind of the same way he was in the first one super grumpy doesn't want to play hockey anymore so he doesn't have anything to do with hockey anymore either because he didn't like where the new ducks were headed and he also was trying to help out some like lower income players get a leg up and apparently that was violating some hockey rules so he got like banned or something there's this whole convoluted backstory so now he's just like washed up and running this ramshackle ice rink that no one he goes to but this new team comes in and it slowly you know warms his heart again and he helps co-coach the team basically up until he's like but i'm not gonna get vaccinated so <laughs> i'm not coming back you know the, the reports on that are varied he did come out and say that that was not the reason that he isn't yeah so basically there is a second season now or they're going to shoot a second season and apparently he's not going to be involved which is kind of a bummer because he's very much a part of the first season and the way they end the first season i i mean it sets it up for like it to continue with him so i don't know yeah the reports were that he didn't the he basically wasn't vaccinated and then he came out and said no no that's not the reason he basically said that he did catch covid during this during the shooting of the first season so i have immunity it should not be a problem uh emilio yeah so it seemed like he was kind of saying like he had immunity but he also didn't come out and say he wasn't vaccinated. he did say like oh i do you know think people should be careful but yeah he was very it was a very much like a pr kind of interview where you're not really sure what the deal is but unfortunately yeah he's not coming back for next well you weren't a fan of the new season were you it wasn't the same i got early screeners of it to review when it first aired uh so i got the first three or four episodes at first and that's all i saw of it and based on those i was kind of into it i have to admit i it was it's obviously just a shameless remake of the first movie but stretched out to like 10 episodes so there's a lot of filler it like it doesn't need they could have just made this as like a movie as a reboot and been done with it because you can feel the padding but having said that the kids are really charming they definitely up the spirit of diversity and make it more current so again they have a lot of diverse players and they really focus on that aspect of anybody can play hockey which i thought was really nice i thought emilio was great in this i thought he stepped back into those old hockey skates really well he's really funny he's got you know he's saddled with a lot of like bad jokes and yet somehow he makes them funny i had a good time did you get to see the episode where all the kid actors now as ravaged adults get to come back well unfortunately it doesn't happen as much as you'd like i was hoping joshua jackson might come back no dice on that so they do bring a few of them back they bring averman back they bring 
Adam Banks back, who was in the first one. He was a player on the Hawks who basically switched sides. I thought he retired from acting. I was reading an interview with that guy. He was uh, he was back. Uh, so they brought him back. They brought Kenny Wu back. They brought Connie back. So yeah, they brought. Oh, and I think they brought Guy Germain back. Oh, too. your favorite. Yeah, <laughs> my favorite. But because they're like a couple now, and like they've married and everything, you don't get all of them. And it seems like they only. It was like one of those things they just like got whoever they could get and kind of threw together a quick scene where they reunite with Bombay and that's it. It's only for one episode. If they're not going to get the cowboy back, what's the point? I know, right? Actually, I think he brought he came back. I think he was one of them actually. I think okay. he did. I watched the series like a while ago and it's already mostly faded from my memory because it's just kind of like it is just like a shameless redo and you're not really getting it's just aimed at younger a younger generation of kids basically so but you know i have a friend who who has children and he showed them the the new series and they didn't have any like real awareness of the original series and they say they they loved it so i think it it does have a charm to it i don't know i just think it it's a lot it brings back a lot of what i liked about the original even if it's kind of done in like a contemporary less interesting kind of way it's i don't know it was just nice to, they use the theme again it was just nice to have all those like hallmarks back in my life you're a like bit. give me that warm blanket of nostalgia that's all i seriously, want seriously i know it's like usually i hate that you know i'm not for that at all but you're but like for some this reason, has something to do with me <laughs> that's why i like it. but yeah exactly right but you know it does peter out at the end i will say that like the last few episodes were like i was kind of half watching them because it just like you're just waiting for it to end as a product manager of a video store does the Mighty Ducks, like, movies, would they get rented a lot? Like, are they in regular circulation? Do they continue as a classic? Shockingly, when I first started working at Bay Street Video in Toronto, we did not have rentals of the Mighty Ducks movies at all. What? I know. What? I know. We also did, we didn't have rentals of a majority of 90s kids films in general because I think what happened was they had all of these movies on VHS when they were coming out and then when the switch to like DVD happened and they ended up selling off all their VHS in the mid 2000s or so, I think they got rid of all those movies and they didn't bother re getting DVDs of these because they figured like their kids movies, whatever, nobody cares. So I had to order in the first Mighty Ducks. So we only actually have, I think, the first Mighty Ducks for rental. And I've ordered in some other ones. Like we never had the Sandlot, which is a classic, or like Angels in the Outfield we never had. So I ordered in a bunch of these movies. I don't know if they rent that well. I would say the Mighty... You know, I think they are mostly for our generation. And I think our generation is mostly just finding them either online. I mean, they're all on Disney plus now, so they're easy to watch. You don't need to get, and the DVDs are not great quality. I've been wanting to get Blu-rays of the mighty ducks movies forever, which do exist. They're part of like the Disney movie club. Oh, so you had to have that subscription that you like. Exactly. Which I like have contemplated signing up for, for so many times. Cause I just want those Blu-rays and yet it just seems so expensive and a waste of time. And especially now that they're on Disney plus, it's like, whatever I have the DVD set. They're on Disney plus i think i'll just have to live with four that. movies for a dollar mark how is this thing still existing this like columbia record house uh ripoff it's weird right it still exists and like i'm not sure if they shipped to canada though so that was a th i've never gone through the whole thing but also i just think it's like definitely a scam like you're basically signing up to like they force you to buy movies for like a year and it's like all i want are those three blu-rays just give me those that's it i've seen people selling them online too on like ebay and stuff for like north of a hundred dollars and i'm like dudes a hundred dollars there's no special features on these like nothing on these it's literally just 
an upgrade, which is barely, which is badly needed because the DVDs are like non-anamorphic, like they're shit, not great quality. But you like, know what? They are on Disney Plus, and as consuming members of a capitalist society, you have to get it, or the Disney police will come and knock down your door. You know, I hadn't watched them in ages. I had very little memory of them, and I thought that the first two held up. I had a delightful time with them. Yeah, you had fun, right? Yeah, I was gonna go in with my arms crossed, being like, the Mighty Ducks. But the thing is, I love sports movies so much, so I was a real sucker. Like, it wasn't a hard sell for me. They really win you over, you know? As ridiculous as they are, they're definitely ridiculous, especially the second one. They just really win you over, and I I love it. And they really are... I mean, again, I love all of those sport kids sports movies and all those like adjacent ones. Like Steve Brill also wrote Heavyweights, which was a big movie um, for me as a child. And it just well, you you were not a heavy child. You're not allowed, Mark. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I still loved it though. Great movie. And it also has a lot of those. A lot of the actors in the Mighty Ducks were in a lot of these movies going forward. Like Goldberg was in Heavyweights, and as well as some of the other actors. And yeah, they were in a lot of these sports movies. But this was like really the start of it. This was the pinnacle. This was the signature one for me, mainly because I think hockey was kind of my favorite sport. Uh, but I just think it's the most you know the most fun out of all of them and they really hold up my friends and i would used to marathon all three of them like once or twice a year we loved them so much and they just never got old they really never got but we old. didn't even talk about which kids had very sordid careers following the mighty ducks yeah how are i mean joshua D- jackson did okay for himself and you know keenan thompson's got a steady gig on snl <laughs> Apart from that, I mean, so Goldberg, I know, has had a lot of troubles. So He was on Freaks and Geeks, too, wasn't he? And he was really funny on that show. Yeah, he was. He was in a lot of stuff uh, in that time period, but he had some drug and alcohol problems. And there's a really, you know, unsettling mugshot of him somewhere. Yeah, a lot of those kids just kind of never. But I mean, I guess that's kind of the, the route that a lot of you know kids and disney movies of that period took it's like it's hard to become an adult actor you know yeah it is especially after that big of a success and your parents stole all your money and now you got nothing going for you anymore but it was always my dream as a kid you know before the new series was done when i was you know maybe like a teenager i wanted to make the next mighty ducks entry like whether it was a movie or a tv series like direct it or just star in it yeah i wanted to direct it and make it and i either wanted to do it like super cheesy where they all come back and like play one last game as like adults or something or i wanted to do like a super serious version where it's actually like oh so it's just called like ducks or something like that <laughs> yeah 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 so i had like two different competing concepts that i was like ready to pitch to any disney executive who would listen to me and obviously i never got in touch with anybody <laughs> the so. opportunity it could still be available what if you did a version of like that but it's a canadian version so it's like the maple leafs <laughs> it's like the little minor hockey the, the team. little buds or something you'd have to call it the little buds yeah <laughs> yeah man weed is legal here now so you know they're sponsored by a uh, cannabis company like tokyo Smoke yeah exactly or for sure <laughs> little buds oh man we're just selling this concept right away the little buds yeah let's do it canadian mighty Ducks. it's also score two the oh little buds oh my god no <laughs> it'll premiere at tiff right so yeah opening film but hey even if you know somebody wants to needs a director for some episodes of the next season of game changers count me in i'm there even I'm though there. you've been on this podcast being like eh, they're not that good hey, i said it was charming <laughs> so uh thank you so much mark for uh filling in for this episode uh i had a delight anytime of watching the mighty ducks and we should look forward to uh you know the book you write about this series right the thing is i've got competing ideas i've got an idea that i want to do like a real mighty ducks deep dive book i also have a larger idea where i want to do a book on just 
90s kids sports movies in general because it was like a huge wave that and they do connect a lot by having a lot of the same actors and everything so i'm kind of like working on both of those things but i'm glad i'm always happy to talk about the ducks i'm glad you had a good time watching them i'm really i was worried you'd watch them and like hate them and it would just be like hard for you to get through them but why did you make me watch this mark why why no i'm sorry i'm sorry but i'm glad you had a good time quack 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 how big of a build up is this don't stop don't stop quack quack yeah go get them ducks